This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Hey guys, it's Mandy Brenham. I am so excited to be sharing on the Let's Get Real Estate podcast with Danielle. You're not going to want to miss this. We talk anything and everything, of course, joint ventures. So please stay tuned and this is going to be a great episode. Hey everybody, it's Danielle Chason here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. I am your host, Danielle Chason. I am here today with the JV queen, Mandy Branham. Woman in the house. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on, Mandy. So excited because you are a wealth of knowledge. So for those of you who don't know Mandy, um, she has a portfolio of about 70 plus million dollars under um, under her management, which consists of about 375 doors over 120 plus properties. So, and I say plus guys, because um, she's moving things around right now. She's restructuring her portfolio. So uh, with that being said, you know, that's where we're at right now with that, which is crazy to me. And they're all across Southern Ontario. Is that right, Mandy? Yep. Yeah. Except for the one in Red Deer. Right. There's always an outlier, right? It's always got to be one. (laughs) Uh, but you know what? The thing is about Mandy that's really interesting is that she has done her full entire business has been very consistent. It's all done through JVs. So Mandy has bought all of her properties with zero of her own money in. She's bought them all with partners who do typically um, a 50-50 split with her. So there's the uh, the typical transaction that's out there. It's a 50-50 with a working partner taking 50% and they do all the work and the capital partner, the JV partner, they do 50% and they're completely passive. And so that's how she's built out her business very successfully over the last uh, number of years. Gosh, how long, how long have we known each other, Manny? When did you start in real estate? 2014, I went full time, like 2014 was like, huh, I think I like this. (laughs) So tell me about how that happened. Like what brought you to that point? How did, how did you like, I don't want to say stumble into this or, you know, trip into this because we don't trip into real estate, but like what made you go from where you were to where you are now? Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, I love to share that I, that Larry and I are Larry, my husband of 20 plus years, you know, we're hard workers. And we realized in 2007, 2008, when the automotive market was taking a crash, that we really weren't in control of our finances, that we had a financial planner, that we thought we had money, but, you know, we thought we had job security, we thought we had this lifestyle that we built, but really, we didn't have anything. And so we you know, 2007, we started to become aware of of our financial future. And um, 2012, we joined a network marketing company. And I know this is like, where is this going? But we joined that network marketing company, we started to listen to Jim Rohn, Darren Hardy, John C. Maxwell. And we we, we called it, we worked harder on ourselves than we did on our jobs. Um, you know, audios in the car, reading books, exploring you know, asking questions that we'd never asked before. And so we thought to ourselves, what is an industry that we can get into where the results are directly correlated to our hard work, our work ethic, our dedication? 
And so up on the radio pops, you know, real estate event, let's go. And I had a couple people that reached out. So end of 2014, we, um, we went to our first free two hour seminar. I was the first one at the back of the room going, sweetie pie, we're signing up this. We're going on a three day weekend here. We went on the three day weekend. We joined this coaching program, spent more money again, working on ourselves. So development into ourselves. And that was the end of 2014. So we bought a couple properties in 14, three properties in 15, and then went and exploded. 2016, I left my my part-time in my part-time job, went into real estate full-time. We bought 16 properties that year, 16 properties the next year. I mean, over the last 12 months, we've transacted on more than 50 properties, um, really going and exploding a new city. Um, so, so it really started off just from an innocent standpoint with a lot of good, um, resources that we had, uh, skills and traits. I mean, if we're going to work hard for an employer. We might as well put that effort, you know, into our own businesses and have the direct results, um, for it. So that's kind of how we turned to real estate. Yeah. And I love how you say that, like you're working hard today. A lot of people get into real estate, think that they don't need to put in a whole lot of work and that it's easy. Um, but it's really not, it is like you said, I mean, it's a lot of work and it is, you reap the rewards later. I think you really need to be able to see big picture to be able to have the patience to understand that your hard work today is going to pay off later. And you're starting to see that with reallocating your portfolio and all the equity. I mean, you're doing that because there's so much equity in your portfolio right now. You want to be able to reallocate that, right? Um, Delayed gratification. And um, can you, can you, um, he who can, uh, he who can, um, oh, I'm missing the words right now, but, um, oh, discipline your disappointment and delayed gratification. Like you need to be able to understand that this isn't a, I do work today and I get a paycheck tomorrow. This is, I'm going to work my butt off for the next, for the, for the next five years. And the five years after that, I don't even know if I can explain what they're going to look like because of how hard I've worked for these five years. But here's the question. What's the best five years to invest and work hard? Well, you'll have some people that say, well, my kids are too little and I don't want to do it now. Oh, my kids really need me right now because they're so active in sports. And so I don't want to do it right now. Well, you know, now I'm getting older and I can't do it anymore, or my job is taking up so much time, I can't do it. Or, you know what, I don't want to have to work that hard anymore. I deserve a better life. So, you know what, the five years, and I'm just using five years as an example, but the five years is never perfect. Just pick it. Know you're going to make sacrifices. You're going to miss something. You're going to disappoint somebody. You're not going to be able to go to an event. You're not going to be able to go to a birthday party. You and um and people are going to judge you for gosh, you're, you're a workaholic. You work all the time. Yeah, you know, I don't work all the time. I work all the time for these 5 years. And then what do they say? Um do do what others aren't willing to do today so you can have what others won't be able to have tomorrow or along those lines. Well, I'm coming into that that wealth factor that 5 weeks in Florida uh, over the winter, you know, not a lot of people can say that they just took five weeks in Florida. I mean, Mm-hmm. it's allowing us that lifestyle. So delayed gratification and really putting in hard, 
no, I'm never going to tell you in this industry. And girl, you know, this It's not easy. Uh, It's simple, but it's not easy. A hundred percent. It's not easy. And there's a lot of big pills to swallow too, because you are taking a lot of risk and these are big numbers that we're dealing with. And so I know you've spent, um, just as much, if not more time and money on yourself, just learning, educating and getting the right mindset to be able to, um, do what we do. I mean, there's a lot of work that people don't see. It's not just the transaction, it's everything, uh, around it as well. And so, um, you, you know what, I'll tell you, I, I just want to circle back for a minute because you had said about, you know, you can, you can, um, you know, if you have small kids, you're like, oh, well, they got a lot of things. I don't want to take away from the kid. I actually started doing this when my kids were small because I realized that I was showing them a bad example because they had a good life, but didn't really see me having to work for it. So in their formative years, I wanted them to see that you have to work for what you, what you want and what you, you know, get to, to, to take advantage of. And so Um, so that was actually a conscious decision on my part. I wanted them to see that I have to work hard to get what I have so that they can take that into life. And that has to be done in the early stages. So there is a sacrifice. Yes, I wasn't always there, but, um, I think they're going to be better off for it in the end. And I can be there when they need me, when they have kids, (laughs) because it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's definitely a lot of work. Yeah. So, um, you know, (laughs) Delayed gratification, I couldn't have said it better. That is so true. Um, Having that delayed gratification just, you know, but you have to trust, you have to trust the process, wouldn't you say? Um, You have to have a sense of purpose. You know what you're delaying in the gratification. Um, So I don't know if it's a trust, right? You know, like, hey, Danielle, you need, I need a hand to move. um, So you come and help me move. And in my head, I'm like, when she needs my help, I will go, well, you never move. So if I, if you sat around going, well, when is Mandy going to pay me back for me helping her move? You might, you know, it might never come. But um, so like, delayed gratification, to me is just um, having a face having a vision for what your life is going to look like without it being set in stone that, you know, this is going to be the color of my house, the locate, like, like those kind of things, like having holding space for what you're working so hard for without being definitive around what the outcome truly is. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I want to get on to JVs though. Yeah, that is, that is your jam. That is your thing. Nobody, nobody does it like Mandy. Um, You are called the JV queen for a reason. So let's dive into this because a lot of people want to get into real estate or a lot of people are in real estate, not doing the JVs properly. When I, when I say properly, um, let's say I don't like that. So let's say um, Mandy's way effectively maybe is a better word. Um, So there's always room to improve your process. What is one of the mistakes or one of the things that you think is key or critical in um, setting up a successful JV? People that get into JVs to think it's about themselves. Mm. Well, you know, why would I get, why would I bring in a joint venture when I can do it myself? Why would I bring in a joint venture when I can just borrow private money? That's because that joint venture is all about you, right? Zig Ziglar says, find a way to help the many for service to many leads to greatness. It doesn't say find a way to make Mandy rich and Mandy will get rich. It says find a way to help the many. 
So, so when somebody has a purpose greater than themselves, you know, I want to change the trajectory of an ever greater number of families through the power of joint venture investing. Does that say find a way to get Mandy rich? No, it says find a way to help many people change the trajectory using real estate as a diversify, uh, you know, um, asset class within their portfolio. All of those things are helping other people, helping other people. So I think that's the biggest thing is people have to take that next level and realize it's not about them and it's it is about them, um, but it's it's secondary about them. Um, you know, if you want to change a community and you want to transform it through creating beautiful housing, well, how many deals are you going to be able to do on your own? Two, five, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that'd be amazing if you could do two to five deals, the average investor, two to five deals in a year or two, right? Well, if you had the power of joint ventures, um, then you could do 16 a year. You could do 25 a year. You could do 50 in a 12-month period. But I can't do 50 properties in a 12-month period. If you think for one re- one second that I would be financing those, coming up for the capital for those, borrowing private money for those, exit financing for those, like it's definitely about working together with other people. And that is the biggest thing that people forget because they make it all about themselves. Um, first. So how does, how does it look like in order to do that 50 properties in the last 12 months, which you've done? So how does JVing, obviously on the down payments, if you're JVing with capital partners, that helps, but how else do JV ventures help you in order to be able to do 50 properties in 12 months? Cause that's an incredible feat to be able to do that. Yeah, I love that question. And I think it leads right into why I feel, you know, 2020 is, is the year of the genius of joint ventures. Okay, so there, so I need not only are my joint venture partners bringing capital, but they are securing a mortgage. So you could have $100,000 and it would be $100,000 in a private money lend. Or you could bring that $100,000 over and maybe we buy a $400,000 asset and we do a small renovation to it for the same $100,000, right? Just round numbers. So now my JV partner, instead of owning nothing and getting a percentage of return, now owns a leveraged asset significantly more than they did before. And, but they, you know, they, they don't have to worry about what renovations, timelines for those renovations, placing tenants, toilet phone calls, none of that kind of stuff because they've partnered. So I do, I could explain that if, if somebody did a hundred thousand dollar private money lend, they'd make like 15%. Let's just say they make $15,000 on the other side. Let's just say that they did a $400,000 asset, which would be an $80,000 down payment. And $20,000 went towards renos. Now, I know you're probably like, there's some closing costs and fees. Sure. But let's just pretend for round numbers that we're darn well close to it. And that that $400,000 asset, you bought right, you made money, the $20,000 did a renovation on one of the units. And the value of that asset after 12 months, because we're comparing to the 12 months over here, is now worth $500,000. It had a great year, great appreciation. Not uncommon right now. So you refinance based on $500,000, your new mortgage is four hundred. 
You give $100,000 back to the JV partner who still has their name on title. So the JV partner is secured. The JV partner has a leveraged asset that is adding to their wealth greater than just a a private money lend. And, And we can do this again and again and again because... I partner with people and strategize their mortgages. I don't want somebody just to be able to get one property. I want to be able to say, you know, maybe it's only one with me, but here's how you can get five mortgages. And we strategize the growth of their portfolio, whether it be with joint ventures or outside of joint ventures. So it's um, so that's how you do 50 properties. I don't have to worry about exit financing. And what is exit financing? Exit financing is how you exit, you purchase, you renovate, and then you have a choice. Do I keep this asset? If I keep it, how do I finance it? How do I exit finance it? And if I can't exit finance, I have to sell it. So if you don't want to sell it, you can exit finance. Um, and that's getting very, 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 very difficult. And you know, it, it, it has created some people to be in quite a financial distraught spot because they thought they could exit a significant amount of properties and haven't been able to. Um, so the power of joint ventures means that my 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 partner already are strong qualifiers, already have the first mortgage with Scotia and are easily able to go back to Scotia, RBC, CIBC, Desjardins. Um, We've got a variety of different lenders based on the goals that my joint ventures have. And we just go and refinance. Really not the end of the world. Easy peasy. I say easy peasy, way easier than me, Mandy, trying to get the next mortgage for that for me. Yeah. And what you're describing is the the Burr methodology that people are very familiar with, which is to buy, renovate, rent and refinance. But I always I always add the RR at the end, which is what you're describing, which is rinse and repeat. So you rinse and repeat with your partner once you've refinanced them out. Now they have the cash, then you can go pick the next one. Well, my question is, how do you do that? Because I happen to know, being a working partner like yourself, I happen to know the amount of work and time that comes in behind doing that project start to finish. And when I say start, we're starting at the marketing, starting to look at properties. So start to finish to when you get paid out on the refi, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of time that goes into that. So how are you able to do 50 properties in 12 months? Because organizing, you know, organizing, looking at properties, vetting them, running the numbers, then the, organizing the closing, make sure it gets done and the financing's in place and co- communicating with your partners, finding that partner, then, you know, organizing and setting up the renovations, getting quotes, all of that. I mean, I could go on just the time it takes for me to explain the work that goes on behind it is time, takes time. So how do you do 50 properties in 12 months? Um, I... Delayed gratification. Um, you know, there definitely is. Uh, we have other streams of income that are assisting with our lifestyle as we are growing these properties. Um, you know, in a new city, um, a lot of those properties don't pay us right off the bat. Now we do own the construction company, so there is an income off the construction company. I mean, I tell my JVs like. I'm not, you don't see me in Florida because I'm making money off my construction company. We own the property management company. Um, and so we do make an income off of the property management company. Again, not enough 
to per se retire off of. Um, any costs associated with that property um, are put into the joint venture capital up front. So, I mean, it's not costing me anything. It's definitely, I, you know, I would have said that I spent four days a week on that city and another three days of the week over a seven day work week, of course, um, three days a week doing my uh, keeping up of, of other assets and joint ventures. It is a reason why I have systems in place before I went and did that and, um, you know, and grew it up there. We kept a lot of things very hush hush. We had NDA signed. So nobody really knew that we were even going up there until we were already up there. And, um, yeah, and now, now we're getting refinances after 12 months and we just, I just got a $20,000 payout, a $40,000 payout after the re after the very first refinance. So just shows that we were buying appropriately. Um, the only other thing, Danielle, just to keep in mind for, for me is I buy what I would call medium range rentals. I buy legal units and I increase the value of those legal units. So in this in Sudbury, in the new city that we went into, it was not basement suites. I mean, gosh, in Sudbury, the basements are full of rock. So we um we didn't we we didn't go there with that strategy. And I think that's really important because the Hamilton Mountain, when we went there, all basement suites. Don't talk to me about any other strategy right now except basement suites. But that didn't work in Sudbury. But it didn't mean that there wasn't a need for Sudbury, we found there was a need for a higher class rental, not an executive rental, not a slumlord. So we went in and we found slummy properties that may have had one or two units vacant and we would renovate those units. Not, I never over predicted to my partners what we, how many units we would get turned over, but the genius was in us buying tenanted properties, buying tenanted properties and, and saying, we'll take over the tenants. No problem. Oh, you didn't pay your rent. Here's an N4. Oh, you've never had one of these before? Well, let me just show you. I'm going to follow the rules. Next thing you know, we've got tenants that are leaving, tenants that are turning over. Oh, you are a drug addict? Yeah, that's not allowed. Here's all your paperwork. And we legally get them out through the court systems. But we made money in the buy because we bought right from a landlord that that this was a headache for. So I would say that we are uh, really specific about the type of renovations. Um, I don't look at dilapidated properties that takes up too much time and effort from my construction company. I look at if we can't turn it over a unit over in a month, it might be too big of a job for us. Um, one 10 unit building is taking us about four months, took us about, well, took us almost eight months to get tenants out. Um, I mean, we had major issues after issues, plumbing, electrical, heating. Oh, there's no heat in February. I'm like, well, why are you still living here then? Like, <laughs> obviously we need to be able to move on. So, um, I think it's really realistic to pick the right asset class and the right strategy for you to be able to, um, if, if 50 properties is your goal. So it makes a lot of sense that you're being selective over what you're picking so that you're able to do the process that you want to do. Because like you said, if you're buying dilapidated properties, then it's just taking too long to turn them over. And again, like my question was, how do you do 50 units or 50 properties in, in 12 months? You can't do that when you have, you know, properties that are sucking up all of your time. Um, yeah, so I, I totally understand that. Plus, 
you said it. This is what I was looking for. Systems. You said systems. And, uh, you know, without those systems, you're not able to do that either because you, you need to be able to trust your team to follow the systems. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and build the teams, build the teams. Mm-hmm. You don't know, I needed to build the property management team. That was a big headache. I needed to, you know, hire the right people to ha- to hire the right contractors up there. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, the contractor stories that we could have when we're 70 with <laughs> dreams. Uh, we will have, uh, we already have a lot of stories. We don't need any more, but I'm, we're going to have coffers full, coffers full of stories. Um, but anyway, you know, this is what I say actually about contractors. I'm going to save real quick. Um, when you're, when you're doing renovations on a property, the contractors are like the thorn in your side. When you own property that you're renting, the long-term holds, the buy and holds, it's the property managers that are the thorn in your side. It's really hard for me, at least, it seems to find really good people on your team. Um, but you got to go through the weeds. You got to find them. When you do find them, they're worth hanging on to. And they're they're definitely worth their weight in gold. So, um, yeah, just want to put that out there. We do a lot of work. I'm sure you do, too, um, with just vetting for the right team. Because then you're able to just delegate and trust that it's going to get done properly. Let me let me um, add one more part about joint ventures here. Why joint ventures? Why now more than ever? And this is almost to I like to when I'm sharing stuff like this for both sides of this joint venture to be listening right now. So if you're a working partner going, I want to be a Mandy, I want to be a Danielle, I want to attract partners, I want to be the working expert. Excellent. Listen right now. And if you're a financial partner going, how do I choose who who do I work with? This is why joint ventures now more than ever. So in 2022, we've had a crazy real estate market. We've had companies go bankrupt that your jaw drops and go, you lost $16 million in unsecured prom notes. How sad is that for those people that had money invested? Okay. Um, You've heard of fraud charges in a couple different provinces. We've heard of, you know, people that are in, you know, receivership, um, getting their portfolio straightened out. And so a lot of these private money lenders are saying, how do I choose somebody? And I believe that joint ventures is this awesome, solid way to be able to, um, to present an offer. So um, people are joint venture financial partners are looking for security. They're looking for um, they're looking for to be part of a team to be able to leverage something greater than themselves, right? And they don't want a prom note at fifteen percent if they can wake up tomorrow and it not be there. Okay, we have too much instability in our world right now on a global scale that my that somebody's investing should not be what's waking them up in the middle of the night. Enter over here, the working partner. Why are you, why should I listen to you, Mandy, and turn to joint ventures now when I've been doing this all on my own? Because people need you. Because you have a skill to be able to find and negotiate those off-market properties. Maybe you have a maybe you have a wholesale company. Maybe you have a marketing system that's finding these properties. Maybe you're just you're just the most active investor that you're working with a realtor for, and the deals come to you first. And all of these bidding wars haven't really affected you. So you've got a system. You have to be able to offer out to those financial partners the security of investing attached to an asset. 
And I think that is just really important for us to be able to acknowledge right now that the, the if an active partner can go and do more deals, there is an unlimited amount of capital available right now. And that capital in the financial partners is looking for a secure place to be invested in a commodity, in an asset class that's diversified, in an asset class that I'm not speculating on where it's going, but I'm very happy and comfortable to say that I'm really glad I own this asset class. Yeah, there's so many out there um, to choose from, but even the financial markets right now, they're just really, um, uh, I don't want to say unstable, but uh, unpredictable. Yeah, so um, real estate, at the end of the day, this is what I learned from COVID. COVID um, just highlighted for me that residential properties are an essential service. And, um, you know, any essential service essentially will help you ride out any storms that we're dealing with, whether it's on a local level or global level. And uh, yeah, but here's here's what I, I love about what you're saying about the, you know, the two partners in a JV partnership. You have the working partner and the capital partner, and it's a symbiotic relationship. And so one needs the other to survive and to thrive. And so how do you structure these deals so that both partners are protected and both partners can thrive? Well, first of all, we're making sure that our goals are aligned, that we are that we are um, both in it for the right reasons. And, um, you know, that if we're in it for five years, if we're in it for security, if we're in it for cash flow, then we're we're jiving already. Um, we're in it as rental housing providers, first and foremost, a basic human need, just like you outlined. Um, so we make sure that we are, you know, jiving first. And, um, you know, if somebody says, well, I want to make $1,000 a month cash flow, I'd be like, bye bye, probably not going to work for me, because that's not something that I'm able to offer, or I don't want to set somebody up for an unrealistic expectation. Um, and then people really quickly understand if my strategy resonates with them. And they want either want in on the deal or they don't want in on the deal. I don't compromise too much on what I'm doing because I have the system. And um, and so I just do it this way for me. Um, and they kind of come in and, you know, that's so I mean, it's win win. Um three to five years, I make sure that people have financial stability so they're not gonna be like, Mandy, I need my money back. You know, probably not going to be a joint venture that I take up front. You know, Mandy, I need all of my money back. If I don't get all my money back, I'm not going to do the deal. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, <laughs> like I never promised you you'd get all your money back in three months. Please understand that. And if you didn't understand that, like your money's not lost. Mm -hmm. Let's just repeat this. Your money's not lost. Nobody's lost any money here. It's just tied up in the asset for the duration uh, until we do a refi. So I think just transparency, I think being able to have difficult conversations is really imp in important. COVID hit and construction shut down and inspectors don't go on site, whatever. Well, all of a sudden now, my my model of renovate the upper unit and put a tenant in place. So at least the upper tenant can cover the carrying costs of the lower unit kind of look genius. Well, but we compromised on what our renovations were upstairs. Well, that's just how it is. 
Um, you know, my people that partner with me, they don't expect an HGTV camera to be following me around like on job sites and taking videos of our stuff because we're like a seven out of 10 for finishes. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is our standard flooring, standard paint colors. Um, and our renovation costs can stay down because we have control factors. Whereas the other side, um, you know, if somebody is following them around and they want the HGTV perfect, they get disappointed after the first tenant moves in and the first tenant moves out because, you know, the unit isn't um, the unit isn't maintained to that level of status, but it was lived in and they paid rent. So um, so really just making it clear, this is what I offer um, and somebody's either going to resonate and you're going to be able to make sure that it's win win. Um, and if it's not win win. And I really um, hope that my fight, my working partners understand their what is a win for them and not to get walked all over and not to get talked into something and not to go outside of uh, fair exchange when it comes to um, getting into a joint venture opportunity. Yeah, I, I love what you mentioned there about um, your renovations aren't HGTV quality because at the end of the day, these are rentals. You got to know your market. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't realize that they can over renovate a property. And so you can over renovate, put more dollars than you need to. And to your point, people will come in, it's not theirs and they're maybe not taking care of it the way you would expect them to. So that's always a risk. So there's, I think there's a sweet spot there and a fine balance. So definitely, um, you have the hustle club. Tell me I about do. the hustle club. Uh, I think there's a lot of great coaches out there. I think there's a lot of great programs out there. There are documents after documents that people have paid for, gotten into, and they forget that there's this action side of their learning. There's that implementation side. Um, you know, somebody described me one time, what comes first, the cart or the horse? Well, while you're deciding, Mandy is carrying the horse and pulling the cart. Like, let's get going here. So, which is so Mandy. Um, and so my hustle club is about implementing. It's about come with your problems. You're not going to leave with your problems. Don't tell me you didn't do anything this week. Um, it's an accountability group. And, um, and you actually have full access to me. So no bullshit. Um, telling you how it is getting you over that next hurdle, um, getting you out of your head, giving you ideas that you didn't have before and, um, and making you hustle. And this is weekly that you do this call. Um, there is a monthly fee, which is minimal. If you guys want to check it out, you can go to mandybranham.com. You can email Mandy at info at mandybranham.com. You can learn directly from the JV queen. And also, uh, I'm going to put an ask out there for Mandy. This was Mandy's one ask for the podcast for, for, um, the podcast is if you want to give her some love, go to Instagram. It's J underscore V underscore queen is her IG handle. Just give her some love. Cause she's, uh, reaching a threshold. She wants to overcome that threshold. And so we're going to see if we can help her out with our audience, um, to get her over that hump. So, um, go check that out. She's putting lots of great stuff as well on, uh, on, on Instagram. So Mandy, Oh, always a pleasure. You got so much to bring. I wish we had three hours. Um, but unfortunately I don't 
know that I would have the mental capacity to absorb all that information. So we'll just have to bring you back at another time. Um, but you know what? You are a great model to follow. I know you're, I know you're so passionate about giving back and helping people. So I hope there's a lot of people out there that's going to take advantage of going to the hustle club, uh, and joining you because I know that is the biggest key. Um, is people learn, 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 learn. They go to all of these events, they sign up for all these courses, but then they're not pulling the trigger. And that's what's important because education without implementation is only knowledge. And so um, if you guys want to move your, you want to move your businesses forward, absolutely go to the hustleclub.com or hustle club, sorry. Um, and uh, Mandy will help you get over that hump and start actually um, taking action. Mandy, gosh, do you have any last minute, um, you know, uh, tips or tricks that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Um, we're all human. Um, you know, we all have our good days, our bad days. Please don't expect for, you know, your internal life to look like somebody's Instagram outside of life. Um, you know, be, be real with yourself, look at your life, evaluate your life. And, um, and, and, and if you choose to put yourself first, real estate's a great industry for you to have direct results of all of your hard work. Just go and do it. There's no mistakes. There's no mistakes in life. You're not going to make a mistake. You're not going to say the wrong thing. I hope you say the wrong thing. And when you do say the wrong thing, you're gonna be like, Oh, shit, sorry, I said the wrong thing, but need to do it again. Right? You know, I hundred so, percent agree with you. There's no mistakes, only lessons learned. Yeah, exactly. It's a mistake if you don't learn the lesson. And you have to repeat that lesson. That's right. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Listen, I've repeated a few mistakes before it became a lesson for me. Um, I think some of us are like that. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you just got to learn the lesson. And some people need to learn um, by repeated processes and that's fine. But just make sure that you learn the lesson so that it's no longer a mistake. I think that is so key. Mandy, always, it's just always a pleasure having a conversation with you. You've got so much to offer and you're just so passionate um, I loved having you on. Thank you so, so much for sharing with the audience. Um, guys, if you want, if you're liking, uh, the let's get real estate podcast and the content and the guests, um, I have an ask, make sure you go to your favorite podcast platform, rate us and follow. And, uh, once we hit YouTube with the videos, make sure to comment or share, let us know what you think. And, uh, that way we can just get better and better and better for you. This is Danielle Chason for the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. This is where real people are doing real estate and it doesn't get more real than Mandy Branham, the JV queen. Woo woo. Thanks for coming, hun. Bye Thank for now. you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you're looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next episode.